Well, welcome to today's Master Your Life workshop, John Terry, the Black Belt Leader. And I believe you're going to agree with me. We live in a society today that is becoming increasingly more stressful and more chaotic. At times, it seems like we struggle for sanity and peace. This is where mindfulness can help. And that's the topic of today's special training. Now, it's a conversation I've been having with clients with business owners, and with their staff of late. So to me, it's a topic I know is on the minds of a lot of people. But before we get into that, let me quickly introduce myself for those of you who may be joining me for the very first time. Again, I'm Dr. John Terry. I'm known as the Black Belt Leader. I'm a three-time martial arts Hall of Fame inductee, a two-time best-selling author, and I'm an international speaker, coach, and trainer. What do I do? I help people become black belt leaders in life. I teach individuals and organizations how to become black belt masters at who they are and what they do. As I like to say, why just be a leader when you can be a black belt leader and live your life with black belt excellence? That's a mantra I believe anyone that wants to make a difference in life should adhere to and live out being a black belt leader, living life with black belt excellence. Now, let me also say that I'm the president of Real Life Management. Who is Real Life Management? It's a human behavior intelligence company that's focused on helping people do one thing, remove the roadblocks that are limiting their personal professional success. Now, Real Life Management has developed a proprietary three-minute assessment tool we call the three-minute survey. What does it do? It allows you to discover in three minutes or less who you really are and what's holding you back from more real-life success in your life. You'll understand the roadblocks that are in the way of you actually enjoying a thinner waistline, a fatter wallet, a better relationship, a more rewarding career, or greater influence as a leader. You'll find that free resource at reallifemanagement.com. Don't go there now. I'll remind you at the end of today's workshop. But we're not here today to talk about Black Belt leadership or to talk about real life management. We're here to talk about how you can learn to be more mindful in an increasingly chaotic world. So let's jump right in and get started. You know, each and every one of us has a host of stressors that we deal with every single day, whether at work or at home or in our relationships or sometimes even in our own head. Today's workshop is a place for you to consider some new ways to handle the stressors of life in a mentally healthy way using mindfulness and self-care. Now, you may have heard these terms in the past, mindfulness and self-care, but you may not be completely familiar with them or really know actually what those words mean. So before we get into talking about mindfulness and self-care, let's define the terms. Mindfulness is known as the quality or state of being conscious or being aware of something. Self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, specifically during periods of stress. Those are important keynotes that you need to make sure of. You need to be mindful, be conscious, and be aware of what's going on in your life because it's only then you can practice self-care taking that active role in protecting your welfare, your well-being, and your happiness, especially as stress comes into play. 
The problem for many of us is we live our lives on autopilot and we go through most of our day unconscious and unaware of what's really going on around us. And as a result of that, it's difficult for us to practice self-care. But when it comes to being aware and being in control of your mental health, mindfulness and self-care go hand in hand. They've got to be a priority in your life as much as it is your physical health. But before you start taking steps to control the way your mind reacts to chaos and to the difficult situations you and I interact and face each and every day, it's important to learn how to be conscious of the chaos and how the chaos can negatively impact you. Then and only then can you take measures to mend or redirect your thinking to bring about a better outcome in your life. Now, historically, we haven't as a society really been taught to give our mental health the attention it deserves. We spent a lot of time focusing on physical health, our looks, our appearance, our masculinity, our femininity, whatever it may be. But as a result, we've ignored mental health to our own detriment. We've learned to sweep issues under the rug. We've learned to grin and bear it. We've learned that even through toxic relationships and overloading our schedules, we've not learned to say no. It's a real life problem with real life consequences that can negatively impact who you are, how you live life, and the quality of life that you live. Now, whether you were born into a family with difficult people, and let's admit it, many of us are, and if you've got a large family like I do, at times, individual family members can be difficult. But sometimes we run into difficult people through friendships through partnerships, through coworkers, through an employer relationship. And at that point, it's challenging to know how to respond to someone who's bringing out negativity and unhappiness in our lives. One of the first things I want to point out is this. You can't fix a problem that doesn't belong to you. And one of the things we know from real life management is there are certain individuals, because of the way they're hardwired, that want to take everything personally. So hear me when I say this, one of the first things you need to do is to realize the behaviors that you are seeing presented by another individual to you or at you are not your fault. The way others deal with their feelings, the way others deal with their emotions, and the way other people live real life is part of who they are. You cannot take everything personally. They've got to understand that they are acting inappropriately in the moment, but you can't let their negative energy be a reflection of who you truly are. Think about it this way. Two people might react differently to the breaking of a drinking glass in the kitchen. One person might throw a fit while the other person might calmly pick up the pieces, clean up the orange juice they were pouring into the glass and simply get another glass pour some orange juice, and move on. Individuals are going to respond differently based upon how they're hardwired and how they respond to the stressors of life. Each response is a reflection to that person's welfare and well-being, their mental attitude at the moment, and their ability to cope with their own feelings that they're dealing with. Mindset and mindfulness matter, and they matter a lot. Now, one of the most important aspects of being mindful in the midst of chaos is taking measures to do this, to eliminate as much of the chaos as possible in your life. 
you know, sometimes the source of chaos and negativity comes from other people we've chosen to surround ourselves with. And while we can't control every interaction we have, when it comes to regular interactions with people we're going to be with every day of our lives, it's our job, it's our responsibility to develop firm and clear boundaries about what we will and what we won't tolerate. You know, whether it's a gossipy coworker, an overly critical family member, or a toxic romantic relationship, eliminating interactions with people who bring down your emotional well being is a good first step to becoming mindful, becoming conscious, becoming aware. And sometimes that means you've got to break up with friends that don't support you. Understand that not every friendship is meant to last forever. That's okay. Friendships come, friendships go. Some friendships are forever. Some are for a season. Now, while you shouldn't really casually disregard friendships over a minor inconvenience or a minor argument, you should be willing to grant yourself permission to move on from any relationship that doesn't nourish you, that doesn't support you, and that causes stress and anxiety in your life. Understand this, when it comes to mental health, negativity is toxic. And not only will it harm your confidence and your self-esteem, it will ultimately do physical harm to your body. And if you get to the point that you're feeling exhausted and you're dreading just the idea of hanging out with somebody, it's probably time that you should move on. It's a sign that you probably need to break up and end that relationship and move forward and go on with your life. Now, even when it comes to those toxic family members, understand that space and grace have to be extended. Friends are hard to part with, but family members even harder to get rid of. So here's a recommendation I can offer. If you've got a toxic family member, someone that's difficult to deal with, that can be a little bit or a whole lot obnoxious or wants to be the drama king or the drama queen of your family, here's a tip. Limit the amount of time you're going to spend interacting with that individual. Whether it's a friendship or whether it's a family member, when you limit the amount of time you're going to spend interacting with a toxic person, it makes your life better. Make sure the conversation, anytime you're with those individuals or you're with family members that tend to stress you or they're just all drama, obnoxious, or toxic in the way they live life, make sure when you do have to be with them, you keep the conversation positive, pleasant, focused on that person, and move on as quickly as possible. Why is that important? By keeping the focus of the conversation on them, you're purposely protecting yourself. You're keeping yourself safe from unwanted drama while maintaining that relationship, but keeping safe boundaries around it. That's important, especially with family. Now, you're going to have a relationship with everyone that you've ever had an interaction with at some level. And remember, every interaction is a relationship, but sometimes it's just a momentary relationship. Other times, it's a lifetime relationship. But many of the interactions we have are relationships for a few minutes, a few days, a few weeks, a few months, or a few years. But in every relationship, in every interaction with an individual, every time you cross paths with another individual, it's an opportunity to learn from them. And since each and every one of us are on a different path, 
going to where we want to go, becoming the person we want to become, you might only be walking alongside that individual for just a few steps or perhaps a few miles. Now, you may cross paths later on, and if so, that's great, but enjoy the time you're together. Learn what you can from the relationship, but if the relationship ends up separating, it's okay. Understand that throughout life, there's going to be many people you meet, you like, you love, and you learn from that ultimately you're going to play the role in how long you walk the path with that person. Now, it's also important to learn to say no, to create boundaries. Again, going back to what we've learned in real life and what I've seen in leadership situations, there are many people that struggle to say no, and they tend to overcommit. That in itself can be a problem to your physical health. But in order to cut down on the chaos in your life, you want to make it a priority. Make it your mission to keep your plate filled with the right amount of work and no more so your mental health is stable. You don't want to overload your life and you don't want to overload the amount of work and activities and responsibilities and tasks you're willing to take on so that your mental health struggles as a result. Taking on too much can not only weigh its toll on you mentally, it can also weigh its toll on you physically. It can negatively impact your relationships, your health, and your wealth. Those are reasons in itself to learn to say no and to create good boundaries. That's important. Now, you may feel guilty the first few times you say no when you turn down people who ask you for favors, and there are certain individuals who are very emotional in the way they live lives, and they're very people-focused. For them, it's harder to say no, but they're the ones that tend to overcommit. But here's what I can tell you. When you learn to say no, even though it may be uncomfortable, it gets easier over time. Again, anything you do the first time is difficult. It's uncomfortable. But with practice, you get better. And here's something I want to remind you to do. When you say no, remind yourself silently or better yet, out loud after the fact when you're by yourself, remind yourself why you said no. Because anytime you say no to something, you say yes to something else. When you say no to a time commitment now, you freed up that time to say yes to another commitment in that same time later. Now, you may say no, and you may want to give that individual a reason why you're saying no, if you're comfortable doing that and you feel it would be well-received. Other times, just remember, it's okay to say no just because no is the right answer at the moment. And don't forget, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to being able to have the opportunity to do something else and to spend your time and energy elsewhere doing something that moves you forward, that helps you mature, to grow, to learn, or just take a moment to relax. Remember this, everybody only has 24 hours in a day, and there's not enough time for us to do everything for everybody. That means it may be important that you bow out gracefully from time to time. You know, you and I, we've all set through those awkward and emotionally draining interactions with people that just suck the life out of us. Yet the line between being polite and saving yourself from the stress of staying too long can be a difficult one to balance. So let me share a mindfulness tip 
that you can use when you're in a situation that's awkward or emotionally draining or is literally sucking the life out of you, or it's one of those social moments you want to get out of. Here's the tip. Spend five minutes chatting with that individual. That's polite. It's courtesy. You're showing value and letting them know that you're acknowledging that they're there and that they have value. If the person is polite, five minutes is plenty. 10 minutes is more than enough. Any longer than 10 minutes with any individual, you've got the right to excuse yourself and to move on to meet someone else. This is a good rule of thumb when you're networking or you're in a chat group or you're in a meet and greet or you're at a chamber function, a rotary function or some other function where you're meeting people. Five minutes for chatting is polite. Ten minutes is more than enough. But if you feel awkward, you feel uncomfortable, you feel you're in danger, the person is acting aggressive, they're acting confrontational, they're acting rude or abrasive, or the conversation just isn't of value to you, it's okay to say, excuse me. I need to go and walk away. There's nothing wrong with that. So now I want to shift gears for a minute in the conversation because we've talked about the ways that you can eliminate external stress and chaos in your life. So I want to again shift the moment and shift the conversation to remind you to keep people close to you who love and support you. Every single one of us needs a strong support network to build us up, to encourage us, and to pick us up when we're down. Now, for many of us in life, we can go through life feeling like there's nobody in that category right now for us. And if that's the case for you, consider reaching out to support groups for people who share similar interests to you whether it's meeting with them in person or meeting with them virtually. The goal is to find people who have something in common with you so that you can have an opportunity to build a positive connection with them and curate those interactions that allow you to receive recognition and value for who you are. And when you're with like-minded people who encourage and support you, that brings that all-important peace of mind. Now. Being around other people are important, but let's take a minute and let's focus on you and mindfulness and self-care as it relates to you, the life you're living, and the space you're at right now. You know, my wife loves these home makeover shows, and if you've ever watched one, it's amazing how much a physical space can impact mental health and mental well-being. You know, we talk about Zen and all of these different philosophies of life that are out there, but it's amazing how simply doing a few things to change the look and feel of a space you're in can have a positive impact on your life. Let me give you an example. From a poorly cluttered bedroom to a poorly lit home office, the space you're going to spend time throughout the day or throughout the morning or the evening is going to indirectly and sometimes directly impact your physiological health, your mental well-being. My three favorite ways to make a space feel better, look better, and add to the calmness in my life, number one, ditch the clutter, get the junk out of your life. Number two, add more light and lighten up your life. And number three, adopt a plant. Now, that may sound silly, but those three things can really make your space feel better 
and ultimately they make you feel better in the process. So while you're freshing up and refreshing your space, add some color, add some pictures, add some quotes, add anything that can bring a bit of joy, a bit of comfort, a bit of excitement, and a bit of motivation so that when you look at it, it's going to positively build good energy in your life. If you're following me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Parler, Truth Social, Gab, any of the social media sites I'm on, you have an opportunity to see I regularly post these memes, these images with quotes that allow you to be inspired. Use those as a resource to be able to put those up on a wall, to put them as a wallpaper on your computer or on your phone to be reminded of positive things that can build that positive energy in your life. You know, I talk in one of the courses that I have in blackbeltleadership.com about vision boards and the power of vision boards to help you not only figure out where you want to go, but to inspire you to keep going so that you ultimately get there. You can go to Pinterest, an amazing site where you can create a collection of positive reinforcements in terms of visual pictures and cues that can help build that positive energy in your life. Now, one of my favorite ways to create positivity in my life is to add positivity to the lives of others. When you are a positive person, you're going to attract other positive people. So make it a commitment yourself to not live your life in the mully drubs, as my mom called it, and get out of your own way and be positive in the way you live life. How do we do that? You do it simply by taking time out of each day to do something kind for someone. To compliment a stranger or just share a smile as you're walking through the grocery store, you're at the department store, you're having lunch, or you're interacting with people, or even as you're driving down the road. Now, here's another trip in a world that has really forgotten what it means to be kind and gracious. Practice saying thank you. Practice saying you're welcome when someone thanks you. Acknowledge people's accomplishments. Let people know they are valued. This is something I've learned from Dr. John Maxwell, one of my mentors over the years, is to make sure that I let people know that people are valuable. And because they are valuable, I value people. How do we add value? We compliment them. We encourage them. We say a kind word. We share a smile. We shake a hand. We pat them on the back. We give them a hug. Whatever is appropriate, we do that to share positivity and to let people know they have value. When you build positivity as a positive person, it comes back to you. The law of reciprocity works. This is a very simple mindfulness hack, but it's got great personal benefit for you and to others. Because guess what? People want to be around positive people that build them up and encourage them. And when you do that to others, they will learn from your example and they will do that to you. So here's a question and just kind of a reality check moment. Do you find yourself continually being judgmental about other people? If so, the next time you catch yourself going negative, which is very easy to do, the next time you catch yourself going judgmental and wanting to be critical, 
hit the pause button in your thoughts. Take that moment as you're pausing before you respond and shift your thoughts to being intentional, being mindful, being aware, being conscious, and shift the conversation. Rather than being critical, negative, or judgmental, say something positive about the situation. Say something positive about the person. One of the things we taught in martial arts classes with our young kids for years as we were working with our instructors and teaching our children to do the same in our classes was what we call the PCP model. If you see something that needs to be corrected in individual, praise something about that person or about that situation or about their effort first. Start with praise. Make one comment that they can use that can critique what they're doing, but do it in a positive way and then praise them for being willing to make the effort and listen. That PCP model, praise, correct, and praise can be another powerful way and a proven hack to change the way you see the world around you and replace that negative lens that's actually bringing negative harm, not just to those around you, but to yourself, giving you an opportunity to see the world in a new and different way. Here's what I can tell you. <coughs> Excuse me. When you look for the good, you're going to find it. But if you're constantly looking for the bad, that's all you're ever going to see. But when you look for the good, remember, you will find it and you'll find it in abundance if you keep looking. So I want to encourage you to take the time to do that, because when you look for the good, it reshapes your view of others. It reshapes your view of the world and it helps you see others in a negative light. Now, let me ask you another question. When you have that man in the mirror, woman in the mirror moment with yourself, which you should on a regular basis, who is most responsible for our success or our failure in life? Well, I hate to tell you, but it's the man or woman that you and I are looking at when we look in the mirror. You and I are far more often our worst critic. We're far more often our worst enemy when it comes to being positive and encouraging about ourselves. For many, many years, I talked to a young man the other day and he was sharing with me this amazing story and I thought the analogy was amazing. He said, John, for years, I've been my own worst bully. Now, this was a martial arts instructor that I'm doing some coaching with as he's now launched a new business and we're trying to get that business up and running and he was struggling with being able to get out and get in front of the public. And it was a disbelief in himself and his ability. And as we were talking through that, he had to admit, John, I've been my own worst critic. I've been my own worst bully for years. I've constantly diminished myself. I've demeaned myself. I've talked down to myself my entire life. And it's no wonder that my life is where it's at. And so we're working on improving the quality of his self-confidence and his self-esteem and his belief in himself. The very first attribute of becoming a black belt leader is belief, and we're working on that, and he's making great progress. And I tell you that story because what is done for one can be done for many. And so the next time you're looking in the mirror or you do something wrong and you start thinking negative, destructive, 
hateful anger thoughts, or you do something and you mess up and you go, you're so stupid. You're an idiot. Stop speaking those things over yourself. Because as you think, you become. And if you think yourself ignorant, you become ignorant. If you think yourself stupid, you become stupid. So kill the destructive thoughts and stop and start listing out a few things that you're grateful for about yourself, about where you are right now, and about where you're going. How do you do that? You start speaking positive affirmations over yourself. Do you need some help with that? I'm going to share a free resource at the end called The Power of Affirming Words. It's something that you'll find available. It's on the courses section of my website, beablackbeltleader.com. And it's an exercise you can use to begin to develop and create positive affirmations to build yourself up so that you can see yourself in a new and different light. Now, there's a lot of ways we can start curating a world around us that is positive, that is encouraging, that is uplifting, and tends to negate and push away the toxic negativity that's everywhere in culture around us. But stress every day is going to be knocking at the door, looking for a way to get in and to creep into your life and disrupt the peace of the moment. When that happens, when you feel stress occurring in the moment, pause, take a moment and breathe. Take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth, and do it again. In through your nose, out through your mouth, and do it again. When stress begins to come and you feel anxiety, fear, guilt, anger, other negative emotions rising, stop and focus on your breathing. Try to make your breathing mimic the sound of the waves of the ocean, how they roll in and they crash. Slow and steady with a brief pause between the inhale and the exhale. Breathe in through your nose, a pause, and out through your mouth. Now, why is that important, you may say? Here's what I can tell you, and here's what I know from my time as a physical trainer. Deep, relaxed breathing increases the flow of oxygen to the body and to the brain. And when you focus on your breathing, that deep, intentional breathing calms the mind, it calms the body. But it does a couple of other things that are pretty neat. Intentional, slow breathing not only lowers your blood pressure, it improves your mood. Now, exercise is great for the body and you need to be exercising at least 20 to 30 minutes a day, three days a week. My rule of thumb is 10,000 steps a day. If I can get in 10,000 steps a day, I'm getting in my steps and I'm practicing breathing while I'm doing that. That for me works. I love to get in some physical exercise in addition to the cardio, some strength training to keep my bones strong and to continue to reinforce those bones that replace the blood cells in my body that carry oxygen throughout my body and to my brain. So exercise is important for the body, but it's great for the mind as well. Now, you can connect the mind and the body through exercise, and there's many ways to do that. Many people I know use yoga or Pilates to do that. 
You don't have to necessarily use yoga and Pilates. What I shared works, but yoga practices heavily on breathing. Again, looking to how do we connect breathing, stretching, exercise, and mindfulness. The movements and the pose that you make in yoga and in Pilates, this entire practice of moving is proven to combat stress. I love Tai Chi for the very same reason. Those slow rhythmical movements focused with intentional breathing allow you to bring a state of mindfulness to your thoughts while you're exercising and stretching the body. Even if you're doing nothing more than getting up in the morning and you're doing some light stretching or you're taking a walk at lunch or you're getting up during the middle of the day and you're doing 10 push-ups at your desk and you're doing that several times a day, just doing something to get the blood flowing, to get away from the stress of the day-to-day -day routine of your life and take a moment for yourself, not only has good physical benefits, it has good health benefits as well. Again, yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, walking, any of those can work, but if that's not your thing, it's okay. Find something, anything that serves as an outlet as long as it is healthy. Use that outlet to focus your mind in the present moment, and that's an area that you can turn to when you're feeling stressed. Now, I dislike this so-called area of safe spaces because it becomes a place that you run to avoid stress. Well, stress is a part of life and learning to manage stress and to deal with stress allows us to use stress so that we can stretch, learn, and grow and become a better version of ourselves. So this is not about avoiding stress. This is about managing stress in the moment so we can properly use that stress to become a better version of who we are. I mean, think about it this way. If we completely eliminate stress in our lives, our muscles seek working because our muscles need stress to contract, to get stronger. If we never stress our brain, we never stretch our brain and we never learn to do the things that we need to learn to do. Stress is an important part of our lives. It's not about avoiding it. It's about managing it. So again, find an outlet for stress and anxiety as long as it's healthy. Let me give you some examples. Cooking, crafting, painting, coloring, petting a dog or a cat, tending to a garden, taking care of a houseplant, taking time away from your day and taking your mind away from the stressors of the day for a moment, bringing it back to the present moment. That is what mindfulness is all about. Now, it's also time to give yourself time to deal with the feelings and the emotions you're dealing with. I talked with an amazing lady yesterday who recently lost her brother to suicide. He was in the military and had served during COVID, and the stressors of being on a ship at sea for an extended period of time weighed a significant toll on many soldiers, as we know. He was never fully able to recover that and unfortunately took his own life. She said, I had to take time for my feelings so I could get back to being who I was. And I thought that was a brilliant way to put it. It's important to learn to cope with stress and to deal with stress and to use stress mindfully. But the goal is not to distract yourself. The goal is not to take stress away 
are to create this avoidance where we don't deal with the stressors of life. That is unrealistic and it's not going to work. Instead, you want to find ways to release your thoughts, to release your worries, to let go of your fear, your anger, your guilt, and your anxieties. What's an easy way to do that? I recommend journaling. It's a way that you can get things out of your mind and onto paper, giving you an opportunity to take perspective. Another way you can do that is to have conversation with yourself while you're walking. Many of you that follow me on my personal Facebook page know that I've got three dogs right now. And I take those dogs on a walk in the woods on a consistent and regular basis. It's good for them and it's good for me. And one of the things I do when I'm dealing with negative emotions or I'm dealing with stress, I'll have a conversation with my dogs as we're walking. And you know, it's amazing. They never argue. They never fuss. They never complain. They never have anything negative to say. They simply listen as we walk. I get it off my chest. I deliver it to the woods who simply allow those words to vanish into nothingness. And I walk out of the woods physically exerted, physically exercised, mentally relaxed. And oftentimes, as I'm walking through the woods and I'm taking time for myself, many of the problems and issues I'm dealing with are answers to questions I'm seeking come to me in those moments of mindfulness. You can do the same. Now, if you're dealing with these emotional issues, worries and anxieties and stressors in life, and you're struggling to write those down and you're struggling to verbalize those, you may need to get with a coach or a mentor, someone who can help you be able to walk you through the emotions you're experiencing in the moment so that you can properly deal with those and manage those and move forward. You may need to deal with a mental health professional, and if so, that's okay. Another resource I'll point you to at the end of our time together are five tips to master your mental health. Again, you'll find that in the courses section of my website, be a black belt litter. But take time for yourself to feel your feelings, to deal with feelings, but move beyond those feelings and keep living life. Now, I mentioned journaling, so let me take just a minute and let me encourage you to keep a gratitude journal. This is one of the best ways I know to retrain your brain to think more positively. When you begin to practice recording moments of gratitude on a consistent and regular basis, you train your mind to look for those, to be observant and intentional in watching for those. And over time, you can retrain the brain to see the world a different way. It is amazing what happens when you do that. You know, Tony Robbins, one of my mentors and an incredible man of high energy, Tony says, where your focus goes, energy flows. I believe that to be true. When gratitude is your focus, gratitude rewires your brain. And when you rewire your brain, here's what's going to happen. You're likely going to focus more on the positives of day-to-day -day life, even in the midst of stress and chaos, than the negatives. You're going to see the stressors as an opportunity to learn something new. You're going to see obstacles as opportunities. And all of a sudden, we begin to take our mind off the negative and focus on what we can learn, experience, and use in the moment to make us a better version of ourselves. And it's in those moments of positivity that we're able to find our way through, over, around, or get past those negative moments that are going to come our way.
Now, as I start to wrap up our time together today, I've saved one of the most important pieces of advice for last. And that advice is this. You've got to dedicate time to learning how to love yourself, how to value yourself. You see, I believe each and every person that lives on planet Earth and that has ever lived on planet Earth and ever will live on planet Earth, I believe you and I and everyone around me has been put on this Earth on purpose for a person. I don't believe anyone was put here on Earth by accident. You were put on this earth on purpose for a purpose, and you are equipped by your creator or nature. I'm a person of faith. I believe in a creator. If you are, great. If not, it's okay. Whatever brought you to this earth right now at this moment, you were put here right now for a reason. You are valuable. You are unique. You are one of a kind. No one in the world, past, present, or future, will ever share your unique combination of DNA. Your gifts, your talents, and your abilities are unique to you and you alone. As a result of that, you've got to see yourself as an incredibly valuable, one-of-a-kind masterpiece, a work of art that will never be replicated or duplicated again. And when I'm talking about learning to love yourself, let me give you my definition of love. Love is a commitment to a someone to someone's welfare or well-being. It is not attraction to charm or good looks. Now, in this situation, that someone is you. So when you're learning to love yourself, love is a commitment to your welfare and your well-being. It is a commitment to you becoming the best version of yourself that you can become. It is a commitment to looking inside and discovering the unique giftedness that is your black belt leadership moment. To discover those black belt leadership qualities within you and to develop and deploy them in the earth to make the difference you were put on this earth to make. So, Take the time to learn to love yourself. And that means getting to know yourself. And that means taking yourself on a personal growth journey. You know, sometimes the best way to practice self-love, and that's really what we're talking about, learning to love, value, admire, and appreciate yourself, but to continue to work to become the best version of yourself that you can be, that's the ultimate expression of self-love, is to be the very best that you can be. You've got to learn to enjoy your own company. You got to learn to enjoy being with you. And maybe that means you take yourself to an occasional movie. You take yourself to an occasional dinner, or you take yourself on a solo trip. For me, as I've shared with you, it's trips to the woods. It's as I'm traveling to speak and teach and coach and do the things I do and have done for the last 30 years of my life. It's taking some time for me to say, hey, John, good job today. Let's celebrate the win. Let's celebrate what you've learned, what you've experienced, what you've accomplished, what you saw happen in the life of someone else. Let's make that a moment to remember. And once I've learned to love and cherish myself, to learn and cherish and value who I am and my self-worth, it makes me want to do that again. 
It makes me want to go out and make the difference in the life of someone else so that I can make their life better and fulfill my purpose and my calling in the earth. And the same is true for you. Once you learn to value and appreciate who you are and what you've been put on this earth to do, everything else around you is going to fall into place and you're going to discover, develop, and deploy your unique black belt leader within. And you're going to learn how to live real life and to live it and experience to the fullest. Now, we're almost done, and I want to say thanks for joining me, but we're not done yet. But I did want to say up front, thanks for sticking with me for the duration of this workshop. I am confident that you've gotten some insights into how becoming more mindful, becoming aware of what's going on around you, and the importance of self-care, and dealing with the mindfulness of the moment, especially in times of chaos and stress, is so, so important. I want to leave you with a couple of parting thoughts, and I want to share with you a couple of free resources that you can access to improve your mindfulness. So here's the thought I want to leave you with. Mindfulness is a byproduct of our thinking. As you think, you become. One of the things I love to say often is successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do sometimes or not at all. Everything we do starts with a thought. And if we want to be successful in our doing, we've got to be successful in our thinking. James Allen, the incredible author who wrote As a Man Thinketh, looking at the wisdom of King Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, the book of wise sayings, he said it well, as a man thinketh, he become. I like to summarize it and simply say it as, as you think, man, woman, you become. The quality of life you're enjoying, hear me, the quality of life you're enjoying right now can never be better than the quality of thinking that creates the quality of life that you enjoy. Let me say that again. The quality of life that you're enjoying right now can never be better than the quality of thinking that creates the quality of life that you're enjoying. So if you want a better quality of life, what has to change? Your thinking. How does your thinking change when you become mindful? When you become conscious of what you're thinking and why, you now have the opportunity to reprogram your thinking. We call it in real life management, altering your attitude and the beliefs that support it. So your thinking takes on a different focus and a different emphasis. So as you improve the quality of your thinking, here's what happens. You improve the quality of your mindfulness and you improve the quality of your life. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we all want? What we think we become. If you want to become more mindful, give thought to your thoughts. Be mindful, be aware, be conscious of what you're thinking and what you're doing. Because as you think, you become. Now, as we wrap up, let me remind you when we finish this webinar in the next couple of moments, visit reallifemanagement.com and take the complimentary three-minute survey. Here's what you're going to learn. 
a lot about yourself. You're going to discover some of the unique areas of giftedness that make you, you. But you're also going to discover how stress and the stressors of life can hijack your potential success and become the roadblocks that limit your potential. You're going to learn a lot about yourself in three minutes or less, and it's a free survey. I encourage you to go take it and get on the Real Life Management newsletter so that you're constantly being fed information into how you can be a better version of you and live real life to its fullest. You may want to hire a real life management coach to help you understand what you're reading in the port, the report and take you on your own journey of discovery to really identify your own unique real life roadblocks and get them out of the way so you can experience more real life success and experience that more frequently. But here are the resources I promised I would share with you. These are free resources I wanted to make available as a thank you for you spending time with me today. The first resource, the power of affirming words, how to create affirming words and to speak positive affirmations over your life. The second free resource, five tips to master your mental health. Now, you will find these three resources, and you'll actually see these images when you go to BeABlackBeltLeader.com. You see the website right there on the screen, BeABlackBeltLeader.com, and go to the Courses tab. You'll find those free resources and many more free resources on mindfulness, on confidence, on how to be a better person, and you'll find other paid resources there as well. In the store section, you'll find access to the seven books I've written, and there are other resources that are available for you to tap into. And while you're there, please be sure and subscribe on either the homepage or the Contact Us page to my newsletter. So every week, you're getting leadership's insights into how to truly discover, develop, and deploy your Black Belt Leader within. And if you've enjoyed today's content and you'd like more of it, make sure you're following me on my social media channels. I've got a few of them listed here, but you'll find all of my social media links and the direct links to those so you can connect with me on your favorite social media platforms on the Contact Us page of my website, BeABlackBeltLeader.com. Now, if you love podcasts and you're a podcaster, you'll find me on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and several other major podcasting venues. I'm also on Substack if you're a Substack fan, and be sure and check out the YouTube channel while you're there. And with that, I want to say thanks for being in the room with me today. Let me remind you of this. Everybody is leading someone somewhere right now, and that includes you. You are leading someone somewhere right now, even if the only person you're leading is yourself. So don't just be a leader, be a black belt leader and live your life with black belt excellence. I'm John Terry, the black belt leader. Thanks for joining me for this look at mindfulness. Have a great day.